I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about attraction. Well, this is a fascinating topic. Isn't it? What attracts us to each other? Yeah. Uh, Margaret uh, did some research on this one based on that Time Magazine issue that we talked about. Yes. And she found an article that she liked. And it actually has somebody that I think we've talked about on the we channel before. We have talked before. about before. Yeah. And somebody that I really like too. Yeah. Um, named Helen Fisher. <laughs> but uh, Margaret is going to share the article and the points that she really liked about this one. I thought it was rather amusing in addition to being useful. Okay, it's Dr. Helen Fisher, and she's considered an anthropologist, so she studies evolution and old stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and she's considered an expert on romantic love. So yeah. we're going to read a little bit more about what Helen has to say about the world. Yeah. Okay, so bear with me. I'm going to read you a little bit of this. Um, hot or not, what about that first impression? Let's say you glimpse someone across a crowded room. Mm -hmm. All right? It takes your brain 100 milliseconds, okay, according to a Princeton University study, to form judgments about a host of traits. Mm -hmm. Attractiveness, likability, trustworthiness, competence, and aggressiveness. My God, in milliseconds. Isn't that incredible? Amazing. Must be a, a built-in survival technique, right? That, that's what she says, yeah. Um, I didn't even read the article. That's right. See, <laughs> see how smart Craig is. See that? Um, that first moment is a key decision point. Will you engage with the person or look for someone else, says Fisher. It seems a little hasty, but we humans are walking billboards for who we are. Yeah. Everything about your appearance, height, weight, body language, clothing, conveys data about your socioeconomic background, education level, health, and even grooming habits, all of which are criti critical fodder for the brain's attraction algorithm. Uh-huh. Okay? Some elements of attraction are nearly universal and probably evolved over the millennia to help us identify healthy mating partners. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's some real chemistry involved here. Yeah. We tend to gravitate to people who look robust, with clear skin and bright eyes. Mm -hmm. Clues to potential fertility, she mm -hmm. notes. Most of us are interested in people who come from backgrounds similar to our own, mm -hmm. and who have the same ballpark level of attractiveness and education. And cleanliness is a surprisingly strong aspect of attraction across cultures, mm -hmm. as Fisher. A happy demeanor helps too. Several years ago, Swiss researchers found that people rate pictures of the same face mm -hmm. as more attractive when the person is smiling than when he or she has a neutral expression. Mm -hmm. And a joyful beam was enough to make the raters judge even relatively unattractive people favorably. Mm. So if you're joyful and ugly, you're still going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Smiling. Although, are you are you joyful if you're ugly? <laughs> you're joyful because you won this this deal, and everybody thinks you're attractive now. <laughs> Smiling is a sign of healthy emotional adjustment and a good personality, says Fisher. Mm -hmm. But those instantaneous assessments of potential partners aren't wholly governed by Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. They're also influenced by your unique history what Fisher calls you a love map, mm -hmm. an image of your ideal sweetheart you've been subconsciously sketching and revising based on relationships with your parents, friends, crushes, and exes since you were a child. Mm -hmm. Is that clear? That's a long sentence. Sure. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of those love maps are uh, attracted to people that have... Uh, will neglect you, abandon you. Yes, unfortunately. But then again, you don't know what your parents love, what parents' love maps were either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure love maps get passed down. Um, in any case. Um, so I guess we all have some, some ideal person in there that we're looking for. Yeah. All right. We all have a built-in bias for beauty, for instance. The more symmetrical the face, the more your brain finds it pleasing, mm -hmm. possibly because symmetry is a Darwinian sign of good health. Who knew? Right? Um, explains Fisher. But by the time we're in our 20s and 30s, our idea of what makes someone good-looking has become more complex and personal. We've learned that beauty is skin-deep, and we've met people we're wildly attracted to who don't fit the traditional mold, mm -hmm. says Jim Faus, P-F-A-U-S, a professor of neuroscience and psychology at Concordia University in Montreal. Women vary, for instance, in their level of attraction to certain personality traits mm -hmm. they see reflected in faces. Those who value honesty tend to favor men with more feminized faces, mm -hmm. fuller cheeks, narrower jaws, whereas someone looking for a dominant provider might be naturally drawn to guys with square chins and a prominent brow, mm -hmm. which are high signs of testosterone. While men are more likely to go for women with traditionally feminine features, full lips, wide cheeks, Australian researchers reported in 2015 that when looking at online dating profiles and describing their ideal partners, both men and women preferred nonconformists, meaning those mm. whose clothes, opinions, and life decisions broke the norm. That's interesting. Isn't it? Being different can be extremely attractive, says Faust. Hmm. And it makes sense for an evolutionary from an evolutionary perspective, because it helps us preserve diversity in the species. Hmm. If we were all the same, how boring that would be. Yeah. If there were only brown cats, that wouldn't be any good, right? Yeah. So isn't that interesting? We're, we're drawn to keep the species diverse. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. And then there's smell. Animals can often discern age, gender, dominance status, health status, and availability in a single sniff. I knew my dog was really smart. <laughs> isn't it amazing that they can do that? Wow. Yeah. That is pretty impressive. Isn't it? Um, and many species emit pheromones, mm -hmm. chemicals that work 
as an aphrodisiac. So there are people who emit pheromones. Mm -hmm. So if you lose it for somebody and you wonder why, don't forget those pheromones. Mm -hmm. All right? Here's my favorite part. Male boar saliva. A male boar, you know, that's one of those giant wild pigs. Uh -huh. Male boar saliva, for instance, gives off scents that cause fertile females to turn around and present their behinds. <laughs> That's now, going to be the next cologne at I, don't, I was going to say, I don't know what in heaven's name you could name the cologne. Um, I'm not boring. That's terrible. Um, that was awful, Margaret. I know. Um, but I thought that was amusing. We can all be grateful that humans are not wired to do the same. I don't know, but I got a hilarious visual when I thought about that. Um, but there's no question that odors play at least a muted role in human sexual attraction, says Gary Beauchamp, the emeritus director and president of the Monell Chemical Senses Center in Philadelphia. Now, who knew there was a chemical sensors, sensors thing in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, but it's all very interesting. There's nothing on earth that some people aren't interested in, you know? Um, for instance, we probably each have a unique odor fingerprint. Individual scents we emit that are associated with a set of genes involved in immune function hmm. known as major histocompatibility complex. You don't have to spell that. And these odors play a role in attraction. Animals choose mates who are different odor-wise, so their offspring have a varied immune, immune repertoire uh -huh. to help them survive bacteria and viruses. And there's some indication that this happens in humans as well. I have heard that before. I have too. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. In case we think it's all in about our brain, you know, it's really not. Um, research has shown that women prefer the scent of sweaty t-shirts worn by men with genes dissimilar to their own. Hmm. So we're drawn to the opposite set of genes to make better balanced offspring. I thought it was most interesting. It really is. Yeah. And I think that they're really just starting to scratch the surface I when it comes so to learning stuff like right. this. I recall watching something about ants and pheromones one day, and it was absolutely incredible. The ants could leave a trail for the other ones about where to go, where to turn, how long they had to go, uh -huh. and all kinds of specific instructions. Yes, I, I have Amazing. heard that too. Yeah. So that's interesting. There's a lot going on. Right unconsciously in a millionth of a second that you had no idea about no idea it was even less than a million it was a 100 milliseconds instant now how do they what i want to know is how do they even know that your brain could do that like well how if they i read do that more research? from Hel helen fisher i'll find out and i bet we couldn't figure it out till we had computers yeah but that i mean how could you even get it that fract like how do you know the brain is doing that i mean i don't understand yeah. how well, she we'll came read, up with that we'll read a bit more of helen but um, she's definitely done a lot of research yeah. in the field so yeah. and she's very well renowned so i'm not saying i doubt it i just want to know how she did that well i meant for fascinating stuff yeah, yeah really enjoyed that one yeah um like i said we got that from the the recent time magazine yep. issue that was out and, um, you know, I'm sure Margaret will start doing some research. Yes, um, I'm going to find out more about this Helen Fisher person. Yeah. It sounds like she knows all kind of neat oh, stuff. Oh, she does. I've yeah. seen a lot of her stuff. Yeah. Of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. 
sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Yes, please feel free to sign up with me and I can get you in quickly now. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.